Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Well, Jared, welcome to the podcast. Fantastic to have you along. Uh, it is an absolutely magnificent day uh, here in southeast Queensland. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. So why don't we just start off with... Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing professionally with your business, Active Tech. Yeah, good to good to be on the call with you, Richard. Um, so, Active Tech is a family company uh, started by my mother and father uh, 15 odd years ago. I joined straight out of school. Uh, my current professional uh, responsibilities is as the managing director. So, um, that's really been. An evolution of my role from starting uh, out in the field as a service technician through all aspects of the business um, and now currently managing and leading the business. Fantastic. It gives us a bit of a, a sense of the size of the business, you know, in terms of your employees, etc. So we've currently got, I think, a touch over 100 staff. Um, they're spread out around Australia. Uh, as we, you know, as, as the family lives in Southeast Queensland. That's the bulk of our staff and the bulk of our business in terms of revenue is Southeast Queensland based, but we do have an office in Sydney, office in Melbourne, office in Perth, and a few technicians sort of spread out in the regional areas in between that. So okay. Australia wide, but still fairly concentrated in Southeast Queensland. Great. And, uh, and tell us about uh, the sort of uh, services that you provide and the type of clients that you work with. Yeah, so our business is um, we're, we're a specialist maintenance company for um, aged care and hospital ward equipment. Um, so basically, our current client base is probably 70% aged care homes and then 30% hospitals. Probably there's a few percent of um, you know, the business to consumer like the NDIS and um, you know, just straight out users in there as well, but mm-hmm. fairly heavily focused on the commercial side of healthcare. So, yep, and, and so you're maintaining and servicing what all of the different types of equipment or, or certain specific um, uh, types of equipment? Um, in aged care, we can sort of offer a full um, service package for anything medical in an aged care home. Okay. In a, ho- in a hospital, that's like a you know, a much wider variety of equipment. So we we have a specialist sort of area in hospitals that we uh, focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you mentioned that uh, your parents started the business about 17 years ago. So yeah. w- what were they doing prior to that? So my dad was an electrician. Okay. Um, and the business is fairly electrically focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of this, most of the equipment we service is electrical to some degree. Um, so, yeah. I guess we, my family sort of had a bit of a trade background. So, you know, a services style business was, was a fairly natural evolution. And was he working specifically in the sort of aged care medical side of things um, as an electrician prior to starting the business? No, he wasn't really. Um, basically, he was, he'd look for a business to buy and found a very small niche business in this industry. Right. Um, and 
yeah, it, it was like a, a one man or half a man show back then. So okay, okay. It was barely a business. I don't know whether you could <laughs> classify it as that. And so I imagine he's uh, he's quite uh, chuffed with himself with the yeah, decision he made. Yeah. <laughs> back then. It's, it's worked out really well. Fantastic. For the family and, and for our staff. So. Right. And so when um, your parents uh, took over this business or acquired yep. this business, um, they both worked in the business and how quickly, um, uh, because you've got a, a number of brothers that are involved yeah. in the business too. So basically they um, acquired slash started the business in 2005. Um, I joined in 2007, mm-hmm. basically straight out of high school. Um, and then progressively over the next 10 years, other uh, family members, being my siblings, have joined the business. Mm-hmm. That have fallen into different positions within the company. And um, uh, so you're the oldest of the brothers, are you? Yeah. Okay, right. And uh, and so does that mean that you also uh, became a qualified electrician or you didn't need to do that? No. Um, myself and some of my brothers did restricted electrical tickets. Okay, right. But we don't. Yeah, it's, it's not a business that requires fully qualified electrician to run. Right, got it. Yeah. And so when you were at um, school prior to you know joining your family's business, was it always in your mind that that's the way that you wanted to go or did you have other plans for your career? No, I think um, probably myself and, you know, the family environment I grew up in were always quite entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, so that, that was fairly clearly my you know, pathway in life was some sort of entrepreneurial you know, endeavor. Right. And, and uh, yeah. And I've now, told a few, but uh, this okay. is where, where we've landed. <laughs> oh, fair enough. And, and is mum and dad still involved in the business? No. Right, okay. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I have one brother who lives uh, in Western Australia. I think the thought of being in business with him would uh, make me uh, prematurely grey. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you have your moments. And so you talk us through, um, you know, as you say, you've been in the business for 15 years. And obviously the business has grown and no doubt changed, you know, during that time. Yep. Talk us through some of the um, the milestones over that 15-year period. Um, yeah, so there, there's been a few. Um, I guess in terms of the impetus for us to grow, it was really a sort of a strategic acknowledgement. You know, in the early days, there's, well, there still is, like the aged care market is, you know, consolidating. Yeah. So there's a lot of big um, companies, some listed on the stock exchange, some private, some you know charitable church run mm-hmm. that are buying out smaller aged care providers. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, 15, 17 years ago, we were noticing some of our smaller, like local customers, were getting bought up by bigger groups. And when that happened, we would lose the work because they mm-hmm. had a national contract. So it was really a a decision back then that you know we're either going to have to go big or sort of go home. Right. Um, so that was that was I guess where the decision was made to grow geographically, mm-hmm. be be able to cover like the needs of a national aged care provider. You know they've obviously got homes in all the different states, so they want a, a maintenance provider that can cater for all that rather than mm-hmm. having to manage multiple contractors. Um, so in terms of milestones of that growth, um, our first our f- first foray interstate was into New South Wales, um, and that and that sort of happened around 
2010 to 2012. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, I guess from a smaller background, entrepreneurial, it was a, a slow, you know, you could say a bootstrap sort of growth um, plan back then. We, mm -hmm. you know, got the customers, then got some staff and sort of just grew it that way. Um, that was that was Sydney particularly. Um, the next the next stage of growth geographically was Victoria. Um, that was done slightly differently. Um, we managed to, well, it's, it's a bit of a convoluted story, but in any case, one of our competitors, to, to be blunt, went broke. So we, we managed to buy um, them out, which came with a number of staff. And uh -huh. some, of, some of those, well, most of those are still with us today. So even though it was a bit of a, a difficult patch for them, mm -hmm. you know, it turned into a real positive and that was around 2015. Mm-hmm. Similar times, we won a fairly large contract in Perth for a big new hospital over there, uh, Fiona Stanley Hospital. So that's, I think that was around 2016. So that was our sort of entry into Perth. Um, and then some of the smaller sort of geographical growth just sort of filled in those timelines. But really over the last 10 years is, has been our, you know, air, like time of, geographical expansion right and so uh, other than this acquisition um in melbourne it's all been organic uh you you, you haven't gone out specifically with an acquisition orientation it's more uh the, as you said the client engages you so you grow a team to service the client um essentially uh, right yeah, that there have been a couple of small acquisitions like you know one-man show competitors mm -hmm. that we've bought up in Melbourne and Perth and stuff like that. But our main, our main sort of growth plan is definitely the organic growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my experience, that's, you know, for, for this business, it's a niche business with a niche market, niche product. Organic growth is the best because, you know, you, you prove your value to the client. They, you know, prove that they appreciate it and you, you've got a customer then, whereas, just acquiring customers is, is a little bit more flaky. Mm -hmm. And you you also used the word earlier that, that you know, the growth was bootstrapped. Mm. Um, so self-funded from within the business, you haven't gone out and sourced um, private equity or... No. You know, no. We're entirely self-funded even even to this day, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, and so, uh, again, you know, your role has um, evolved during that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how, how long have you been in the managing director role for? That's an interesting question. <laughs> right. Um, I'm so still... Probably informally and then formally, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> formally about 12 months. Right. Um, but even, even during that time of you know, formally being in the managing director role, I, I still fairly heavily involved in customers, like, you know, on an almost, uh, not sales, but, you know, just customer relationships that yeah. you know, I've known, known a lot of my customers for so long that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, it's, my business is very similar. You know, I'm mm. the, the CEO, managing director, and uh, my role is very client focused uh, mm. also. Um, and so, you know, again, you said you came into the business sort of straight out of high school. And okay. so you've, and so as the business is growing and, and as you've taken on more responsibility and also the family, you know, um, uh, 
you know, the, for the entire family. What are some of the things that you've done to, uh, you know, to make sure that you, you, you're thinking strategically and you're growing your sort of leadership slash um, operational capability? Um, because as a bit, I know from my own experience, you know, as the business grows, it requires, you know, quite a different mindset and yeah. a different sort of prioritization around tasks that need to be done, et cetera. How, how have you managed that? Um, I guess, I guess personally, I've always had a, um, I don't know what, what you call it, but a, like a passion for learning and growth. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I do, you know, stretch myself with goals, you know, I guess fairly, you know, blunt sort of self-assessment of where I'm at and, and what, you know, skills or you know, skills, I guess, that I'm missing and where I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. But I guess on top of that, you know, we're very fortunate to have some some great people with us here, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know, you know that that's a massive part of it too. And have you, you can't did, do it everything yourself? Yeah, and, and have you at any stage had an external board or a business coach or um, you know somebody externally you know offering you that kind of support and direction? Um, not not officially. There was probably a a bit of a tough patch we went through maybe 10 years ago that we we did reach out to like a family friend. Yep. There's sort of an older, more experienced businessman. So he helped us a bit, mm-hmm. um, but never, never officially have we you know, had a, had a board or any sort right. of mentoring. Sure. And so if you were to describe the business as it is today, yep. you know, how, how would you describe you know, the culture of the organization? Um, I, I think we're still fairly, we're still very much a family business. So, you know, we still care about each other. You know, all of us still like coming to work, you know, like the people we work with, um, you know, interact with the people we work with outside of work. So still, a, you know, still a very like family environment. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a very strong, I guess, customer satisfaction focus and and really everyone here does um i guess we sort of you know there's a uh, what the word is but you know there's a strong acknowledgement within the company that the custom you know we exist for our customers mm-hmm. um so i think if you know an outside person was to come into our business for a day or two they'd you know they'd probably see a group of people that liked each other got on Mm-hmm. And we're all there for the customer. And do you use any uh, tools like Net Promoter Score or anything to, you know, be um, measuring customer satisfaction in order to attract that, or is it largely um, just through your own conversations, etc., that you're keeping across it? We do use both. We use the Net Promoter Scores. Um, personally, I, I find, and we all find that just simple conversation with customers is the best way yeah um with the net promoter scores you know yeah I, they're, they're definitely good to track and ours are, ours are quite high i, mm-hmm. I feel humbly say so but um right mainly i get i get the most value just by picking up the phone and talking to a customer yeah no i i agree and it must have been very interesting over the last sort of 18 months during this COVID period particularly in the space that you work in you know how What's been the effect of COVID in terms of your business and the way that you've had to operate and change to suit that environment? 
Yeah, um, the main ef- effect of COVID has just been disruption. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess that's, you know, compared with other businesses, that's you know, a fairly light sort of effect. So in terms of their revenue and stuff, we've, you know, we haven't had any, noticed any ill effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely their work is much more disrupted being aged care homes, particularly that, um, you, know, you know, they, you know, if, if they get some sort of outbreak, they have to shut down very quickly and they open up access. So I guess from, to compare it with pre-COVID, we're just, we're just a lot more uncertain as to when we book, book our technician in for jobs, whether right. that'll actually get done or whether we'll have to reschedule a, a whole week's worth, worth sure. of work in, in half an hour. Right. So and and is what sort of percentage of your work would be, you know, uh, scheduled preventative maintenance work versus, hey, something's broken, we need you to come in and fix it? Um, probably 50-50. Right. So it's that, it's that preventative maintenance schedules and so on that it, when you're talking about disruption, it's just not being able to plan, uh, are we actually going to be able to fulfil? And I suppose in the, uh, the um, you've got to maintain a certain level of um, qualified staff to be able to do the work. And if the works, you can't plan when they're actually to be working, you might have a lot of people sitting around, sitting on their hands, I suppose. We've had a few periods of that throughout last year, particularly. Um, right. New South Wales was probably our worst experience. The year before 2020 was like Victoria's, you know, dark days. Yep. Um, but yeah, that last year, 2021 in, in New South Wales was probably worse for us. Right. Than the, than the Victoria um, episode. Yep. Uh, and yeah, we did have some quiet times. We sort of repurposed the techs, did some, you know, telemarketing calls, you know, did a lot of cleaning up, stock taking, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, it was you know, sort of over and over within a couple of weeks. And you know, we, we certainly didn't have to you know, lay anyone off. Or Sure. And on the other side of the coin, you know, how has it affected you in terms of your ability to access um, staff? I, I know that other businesses that we work with in the trade space particularly have found it incredibly difficult to attract and retain staff during this period. It has definitely been harder. Um, obviously, being in the healthcare environment, um, all of our technicians need the you know, COVID vaccination and all that, you know, the flu shot. Mm-hmm. So it has been a little, definitely harder, no doubt. Um, we've had a couple of techs leave because you know, they didn't want to be vaccinated and stuff like that. So been a bit disruptive on that front as well. Um, yeah, the whole you know, retaining, you know, finding and retaining staff is never easy, but it's mm-hmm. probably particularly hard at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so now we've you know hopefully fingers crossed we're actually through this period, you know as you you start to look towards the future, what are some of the things that you're excited about for the business? Um, I'm I'm really excited about. I think at the moment and probably for the next 12 months, we're really knuckling down and defining like you know, what an exceptional job looks like to yeah. our customers. So mm-hmm. um, we obviously have the organization in place to be able to you know, provide it and fulfill mm-hmm. it. We just need to really define it and make sure that you know, we're doing it. Um, and that, that excites me because it's in, you know, entirely possible with 
we've had such an experience in the in the industry and in the business that there's not too many people that, that know our business better than us. So, you know, we've got a really strong platform on which to to build a great business rather than what we are at the moment is a good business. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main sort of thing that excites me in the short term. In the longer term, um, just our, our industry in general excites me. There's there's a lot of activity, a lot of growth in the healthcare industry, um, and a lot of scope for someone sort of specialising and you know really understanding the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, that that sort of feeds into our larger growth plans over the next three, 10, 20 years um, to really expand our service offering to the same customer base um, and sort of yeah compete with some some larger companies and some some sort of more expanded offerings mm-hmm. so um, so ge- so the growth of the business is through geographic and also through the offering of additional services and so on but within that same target market. So, for example, that's you wouldn't correct, yeah. you wouldn't say, "Oh, we're going to start doing looking after schools or universities." No. Or right, okay, no. that's not our plan. No. Yeah, and so in terms of broadening out, um, you mentioned earlier in the conversation. You know, you essentially because there was this um, uh, consolidation within the industry, you needed to be able to offer a national solution in order to compete. Yep. Um, yep. And so, would you say that the business is now perceived? you know, as a true national competitor to those organisations that, um, you know, you, you are competing with, the yeah, larger ones point. that you mentioned? Yeah, yeah. We're, in, we're in a quite a unique market position um, as being by far the largest company that specialises on our sort of, you know, target market. Right. We, um, we've, I, I guess we've sort of like, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but really really like segmented our market and, you know, sort of positioned our business in a way that is quite unique in the industry. Yep. Um, okay. And, uh, and so tell me a little bit about, um, I'm always interested in talking to family, um, people in family mm-hmm. businesses. So um, your parents are no longer, they've retired out of the business. So, yep. uh, so, and so essentially the business is, the, the ownership social leadership team is you and your three brothers. Yep. So do you, do you have a sort of clear delineation of responsibilities? You know, each person has got their sort of patch that they look after or is it a little bit more uh, fluid than that? Uh, we do have officially a clear delineation of responsibilities, but I think whether it's a struggle or whether it's, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, because, you know, all four of us have sort of been there from the ground up we, we do know how to do each job. Yep. We probably you know, may think we're the, you know, the best at each job. Right. So do sort of, you know, it gets a bit fluid and people cross over a little bit here, which can be frustrating, but at, at the end of the day, it also does ensure that the customer gets looked after. So yep. it's a bit of a, I guess, a, you know, a bit of a time of flux in sort of managing that transition from, sort of a family environment where everyone just pitches in and gets stuff done to a more professional uh, organisation, which, you know, you have clear roles and responsibilities. Um, we're still on that journey. We're, we're right. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, okay. And do you have uh, a sort of uh, like a formal board meeting where you know, once a month or the four of you will get together and that's when you discuss strategy and, you know, look at operational performance and so on? Um, or again, is it, a, is it more um, ad hoc than that? Probably more informal than that. Um, we're, we're a business that doesn't change much. Like we don't change our strategy mm -hmm. you know, from month to month. Right. We sort of had the same strategy for 10 years. And yeah. so we, we don't really need to you know, go over it in detail on a regular basis. Yeah. Obviously we have operational issues. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very, I don't know whether you, it's quite a stable business. Right. Fair. Like, okay. We don't have crises every month that we have to you know, respond to. Nice. I, uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds uh, delightful. Uh, I've, got, I've got business envy going on here, Jared. And so, uh, and so, you know, does the family hang out on the weekends and have barbecues and so on, or are you sick of each other's faces by then? You oh, kind of go in your... <laughs> we, we do. We do, obviously, uh, hang out and have barbecues, but... Not every week. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, and so do you think, uh, is there a sort of vision for the future that, um, you know, uh, in 10 years' time we want to prepare ourselves for sale or, you know, for to, to list or anything like that? Or um, uh, do you have a sort of an end goal in mind in that regard? Um, to be honest, not really. Right. Um, I, I really like the idea of sort of, you know, private long-term ownership of, of business. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Richard and Anthony Pratt family and, you know, the way they've, you know, grown and run their business mm -hmm. appeals to me. Right. Not that we're ever going to be that big, but. <laughs> um, yes, so, yeah, we're, we're not we're not looking at this in any short-term way. Like it's right. not about fudging up the numbers to sell in a few years or, you know, we look at this with a very long-term lens and, um yeah. Yeah. There's obviously an end to everything, but I can certainly see myself still here in 50 years' time. Okay. Uh, well, uh, fairly ambitious, but, so I have uh -huh. to keep fit. But <laughs> well, uh, well uh, if I if I, I'm 53 now, so in 50 years' time I'll be 103. <laughs> so uh, we might have to. Well, let's get get together and do another podcast and say, hey, well, how'd you get on, Jared, over that 50 year period? And so well, um, uh, before we wrap it up, because uh, I'm sure you've got things you need to do. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you like to get up to when you're not working. You know, what keeps um, what keeps the petrol tank full? Um, a few different things, and they, they do change from time to time. i got a house at the moment that's 140 years old, and we're in the process of renovating it. So wow. that sort of keeps us busy. Whereabouts is that? That's in Cooparoo. Okay. Sort of a suburb on the east, east yeah. of Brisbane. Right. Um. We're in early stages, but I like to get my hands dirty and uh -huh. help out. <laughs> so are uh, you sanding VJs and, uh, you know, is it an old Queenslander like that? It is, it's an old Queenslander, yeah. At the moment, I'm demolishing bathrooms. Right. <laughs> I, I've renovated one Queenslander in my life and I found I will never, ever do it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is my first, so yeah. All right. I, I may... I may end up in the same spot, but at the moment we're enjoying it. So, good. Apart from that, I I, I like gardening. I okay. A reasonable sized garden, and I'm growing some 
vegetables. Yeah. Try to keep fit, ride bike every now and again. Okay. And apart from that, I guess just learning. Like that's, right. that's sort of one of my you know, greatest loves of life is just learning. I watch documentaries, listen to audio books, read books. Well, what would you say is a book or, or an audio book or something in the last 12 months that has really had a you know, profound impact on you? A bit of a strange one, but I, I listened to a very long audio book on Napoleon, Napoleon okay. Bonaparte. Yeah. Yeah, that was fascinating. It was incredible. Right. Some good business lessons there to bring into active tech, wasn't it? I don't know about business lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the, the guy's level of activity was must have been insane. Right. Like the amount he achieved in such a short time. Yeah. Like was phenomenal. Yeah. And and the, the impact he had on the world, like you're probably not at all interested, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of, there's so many countries in the world that their constitution still references Napoleon's French constitution. Right. Incredible. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I, um, I read a lot of biographies, so I might have to check that one out. Mm. Okay. And uh, now that we, uh, our borders are opening up and, you know, uh, just on the news yesterday, we had the Prime Minister saying Australia's back open for business. You know, mm. uh, have you got any sort of international travel plans that you'd put off that you're excited about? Um, I, I want to get I, I want to go to America again for more, like not for business for right for a holiday. Yeah, but to be fair, I think I'll probably leave it a bit. Um, yeah, so obviously still quite uncertain and yeah. I won't make any plans yet, but yeah, America's next on the list. Right. Where best in America do you particularly um, enjoy it? I want to do a road trip from like Los Angeles to New York. Okay. Down south, like uh-huh. um, the southern sort of like yeah. do Texas, go through you know the, the southern states down to Florida. Up right. To in a con- in a convertible Mustang or something exciting like that. That'd be nice, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Be that, that or an RV. Right, <laughs> a, Winnebago. a Winnebago. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, that sounds excellent. Well, look, um, Jared, I really appreciate your time today. Before we wrap it up, um, any final, anything that you'd like to say about Active Tech or anything that I haven't asked you wanted to bring some attention to? Um, I think that covers it. Yeah, we're, we're a, you know, a business with a long-term focus. We have a, a niche product in a, in a niche market. That's something that, you know, there's there's a lot of growth and a lot of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we really feel like myself and my brothers and the whole team sort of feels that the only thing holding us back from growth is our own organisational ability. Right. And the market's there. Yep. We, we've just got to get ourselves in order and go after it. Well, that all sounds you know very appealing, Jared. I wish you and your family all the very best and I look forward to hearing uh, how things go over the next few years. But for now, have a fantastic afternoon. No worries, you too. Right. Talk soon. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Arate Podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like a free copy of Richard Triggs' book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, How to Find and Win Your Next Senior Executive Role, please visit uncoverthehiddenjobmarket.com to register your details. The Arate Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.